All right. This is Stolen Droids Podcast. Uh, I'm Jake. I'm Marley. And I'm Zoner. We haven't done like a an introduction for ages. Yeah, I know. Have I we not? We've never, like, I've never had a standard, this is a Stolen Droids greeting. And I do have one on Movies That Make Us. And so I always don't know what to say. So I don't want people to feel like they're tuning into the second episode of Movies That Make Us this week or something. You know, I want it to feel different. Yeah, not not to be confused with the with the other podcasts we're on. Right. Right. I mean, we we often forget to say our names in the Cutscenes and Cupcakes podcast too. <laughs> we're like halfway through, we're like, oh, by the way, this is Marley. And it was just, yeah. yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I I did forget on our episode that just came out on Monday. I did forget for a second to have us do our introductions on movies that make us. And I felt kind of silly because it's like 111 episodes in and I still mess up every once in a while. It's fine. I'm not perfect. We're, all right, Zoner, just give me a break. We're, we're human. Yeah. Stop. I feel the judgmental like silence <laughs> from you right now. Zoner. <laughs> I see. I'm just thinking at this point, it's those little flaws that show that we're human, which is why the audience loves you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Zoner's all about the love tonight. Before wow. we went on air, he was talking about how the summer evening down there where he's at in Texas is like a warm blanket that just wraps you up and I don't know. Love Something about and, fireflies? Yeah, 76% humidity and 79 <laughs> degree temperature and fireflies. And of course, let's not forget the Texas chiggers. Well, yeah, obviously what? that makes it more pleasant somehow. Yeah. The chiggers. The, the chiggers, the chiggers. I, I don't know what that is. It's a bug, I think, isn't it? They are. Yeah. Yes, and they like to crawl into your uh, warm, moist, warm, moist spots and bite. Ooh. I don't they like are, that. They're unpleasant. Definitely don't mm. like that. So yeah, just wear bug spray. You're good to go. Go chase some fireflies. Eat a moon pie. Have an RC cola. Wow. Is this an advertisement for Texas? It sounds like it. It's just an advertisement for the South. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds wonderful. We're we're up here uh, in the arid heat of northern Utah, and we're complaining about, I don't know, it was like 11% humidity or something today. We're like, it's so muggy and miserable. And all the women are like, why did I even bother doing my hair today? The humidity is just ruining it. I hear that from my daughters on like a daily basis. So I know that that's a thing. So, I mean, yeah. I, I feel their pain because yeah. usually hair actually, most guys don't know this, but hair or realize it, but hair is a lot of work and we put yeah. a lot of effort into it and we want it to be appreciated. And we also want to like make the most of it. So we, we don't like just doing our hair and then not going out or, or doing your hair and going out and having it feel like, you're yeah. just stepping into a shower. Exactly. So I, I totally understand it. Yeah. Well, we are, we, I mean, aside from beauty and, and uh, hair tips tonight, we are going to be talking about a movie about a dead person. And we just want you to know. Well, Cause she's hiding in end game. What? Oh, sorry. What? what? I don't mean, to, I'm not oh. wearing a Thanos shirt. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh snap. Um, 
So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Black Widow, but we are going to get into spoilers. So if you have not seen Black Widow, we would definitely encourage you to watch it before you listen to this episode. Yeah. Uh, if you are worried about it being spoiled, come back. Go watch yeah. the movie. You can sit at home and watch it on Disney Plus, or venture out to the movie theater. You've got you've got options, and then come back and listen to us, please. Yeah, absolutely. And and we won't even acknowledge the irony that last week we talked about spoilers and don't be a spoiler. And then today we're talking about Black Widow. It's fine. <laughs> hey, but we are giving warning. We're giving the warning. We are giving warning. And by the time this episode comes out, the movie will have been out for a week. So I feel like for a movie that we've been waiting for already for so long and... What, like eight years or something, it feels like? Technically five. But still, yeah, it depends yeah. On, on when you started waiting for it. Cause a lot of people kind of wanted that's true. to see a Black Widow movie after she showed up in Iron Man 2 and after the Avengers and, and things like that. But yes, where this fits in the timeline, it, it should have been five years ago. And we're going to talk about that. But I think before we talk about it, let's talk about how it's done at the box office. Because you mentioned, Marley, you can venture out and go see it in theaters or you can watch it at home on Disney Plus. Yeah. And, I think that's one of the big questions that people have. Should you see it on the big screen or, or is it okay to watch it at home? And so what do you guys think? Yes. And we'll get into box office stuff in a minute. Yes. Both. I was planning on going and seeing this in the theaters. This was mm-hmm. going to be my first big post pandemic return to the theaters with my kids. And then like a week before it was set to hit the theaters it was announced that it's going to be on disney plus as well which i understand kevin feige was kind of pissed about uh i i have heard rumors that he was not real happy that disney decided to sneak that out there at the last minute where where i always worry about where you hear these rumors zoner because sometimes you go to weird fanboy sites and that's where you hear <laughs> these rumors and so i just want to know i don't know he came, came across from. my google news feed i'm okay. not sure I thought I thought it was announced that it was going to be on Disney Plus like a while ago. Like that wasn't news to me. I, I maybe I maybe I didn't notice, but no, it, just... it was totally news to me. Huh. I had I had no idea. I thought I, I already I, knew that. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Maybe I assume. Yeah, maybe it was. I I kind of originally assumed that was going to be the case, but then all I had heard about was theatrical releases. And even on Twitter and stuff leading up to it, I didn't hear anything about Disney Plus. All I heard was see it in theaters on Friday, Hmm. like days before. And I had to actually go and look up to see if it was going to be on Disney Plus after I read that information about Feige being upset with Disney about the Disney Plus release. And sure enough, there, there it was. But yeah, I had no idea because like with with the other Disney Plus releases, especially the premium ones like Mulan and Cruella, Disney Plus advertised them for sometimes months leading up to it. Yeah. And this one was very much under the radar, I felt. But I watched it. I ended up watching it this morning at like, well, I started it last night and then got distracted with some some issues going on in the house. And ended up finishing it about uh, 1 a.m. this morning. And so that was nice because I was able to actually just sit down and watch it. But 
I mean, with home theaters and TVs as big as they are, I was perfectly fine watching it at home. Although I would have enjoyed seeing it on a big screen Hmm. other than a big screen TV, considering the amount of action that takes place in this movie. Yeah. I, I think I, I liked Marley's answer at the beginning where she said both. And I think it really comes down to whatever you're comfortable with and you have the option to, to pay the $30 and watch it at home or you can go and see it in the theaters and pay $30 for popcorn. Like it's really up to you, however you want to do it um, and what you feel comfortable with. But I, I did go see it in the theater on a big screen and I really enjoyed it. Uh, And, and I think that probably contributed a little bit to my enjoyment of the movie as a whole is seeing it on the big screen and having that experience again. Cause it's been a while since I've seen a new movie uh, on the big screen. Well, I went and saw in the Heights on the big screen, but, this felt different because it was a big Marvel movie and the theater was pretty full. And so it was very similar to, to pre pandemic times. And that was, that was not a bad thing. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. I also went to go see it in theaters. A group, uh, actually a, a big group of friends and I, we decided like the week before we're like, Hey, let's, let's get together and, and go see this. Like, so one person went on and bought tickets and we all, you know, paid each other back and everything. And, And it was a lot of fun. Like it was, it was like Jake said, you know, for me similar, it was very reminiscent of pre COVID days going, you know, with a big group of friends to the theater, especially to a Marvel movie. You know, this, this was the first Marvel movie on the big screen that we've had in a while. So it was, it was exciting. It was also kind of weird, but it was, but in in a good way. Um, I mean, my, my theater was also pretty full. And so that was fun. I, I I definitely recommend seeing it on the big screen over over um, Disney Plus. But again, I just I just think it's just worth a watch. So either way you want to watch it, just watch it and have fun, yeah. enjoy it. You know, I don't think there's any need to be picky about it. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about well, I don't know if it's cool or not. I think it's kind of cool. Disney reported how much it's made over its three day opening uh, over this last weekend. And uh, it did $80 million domestically at the box office. And Disney also reported uh, how many or how much it made on Disney plus. So how many people paid the $30 for the premiere access on, on Disney plus, and it made another 60 million on Disney plus. And then I think I read another 78 internationally. So I think you can call it a, a hit at this point. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's done the best of any movie since the pandemic began last year, F9 had the previous record at 70 million at the box office, and this just blew it out of the water. So I think those are good things. I think it kind of shows that people are more willing to go out and, and about now, but it also shows, I think, that people are really interested in this character and are excited to see this movie that we've been waiting a while to see. I mean, not just a year, like I said, wanting, yeah, not just a year, but wanting that, that movie for a long time. But then on top of it, because there was also that added time that Disney waited to release this to the public because of, of the situation. So, which a lot of people questioned, go ahead, Marley. Yeah. I, I would say that pretty much ever since the first Avengers movie, when we first are introduced to this character of black widow, um, what was that? 2012. I want to say Yeah, 2012 was Avengers and she did appear in Iron Man two before Oh, I guess that's okay. true. But I think I think it was 
I want to say it's probably more so in her role in Avengers and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, actually seeing her be an Avenger and part of the team. Mm-hmm. I think that's especially when people were like, hey, we want to we want an origin story of like, we want to see her. We want to see a movie of her, please. So I would say it went even way. I mean, yeah, it could have happened with Iron Man, too. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think yeah. just from what I've kind of heard and 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 my own personal thoughts, like I, I would have loved to see a black widow movie and it was probably inspired by the first Avengers movie. Yeah. I, so a good, what nine years, nine yeah. years ago. <laughs> well, and I think that conversation between her and Clint Barton is what really sealed it for me between her and Hawkeye when they're talking about Budapest or Budapest, yeah. Bud- Budapest, <laughs> Budapest uh, and, and how they both remember it very differently. And you're like, what the heck happened? In yeah, we still and, don't know. <laughs> well, we know a little bit more because that was, that was, I mean, that's where she allegedly killed his daughter. Was in I Budapest. guess that's true. That was when she turned. I guess that's true. She, she yeah, she was trying to uh, take him down and, and all of yeah. that jazz. I guess, yeah, that is true. We know a little bit more, but we don't really know Hawkeye's role in it that much. Nope. And, and I, I thought it was interesting how, out of all of the Avengers, like, I mean, I don't know if they really have like some weird rule from movie to movie, but I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed that they don't say the other characters' names. Like, they don't say Thor. They don't say Iron Man. Like, they just like will refer to like some more like generic term about that person. Hmm. The only one they really said anything about was Captain America. And I wonder if that's just because there was more of a tie in with, um, red guardian mm-hmm. you know like he also had a story with a uh, with captain america and so and and also i mean he's the pretty much the russian version of captain america right but you know and so i just thought that was kind of interesting and i've definitely noticed it in other marvel movies too where they just like they're very careful about what they say about the other avengers and even clint barton like i don't think they ever said his full name i think they either said clint or maybe they might have said agent barton but yeah, yeah, I just find that really interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. Well, now I'm trying to think. Like, I, I want to think of like a really blatant <laughs> example to show you that, like, no, that, but I can't think of one. So it yeah, may, I, yeah. it may I can't be think of on. anything either. Well, and so we, we know that this movie takes place pretty soon after the events of Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And even when she was referring to um, the rest of the Avengers and kind of what went down there, like she doesn't mention any names, but like those of us who know these movies pretty well, we know who she's talking about. Yes. And then who she, I think she was talking to, was it her sister when they said something about Thor, but they just called him, she basically just called him like, she called him a god, but there was another term that she used with it too. But she she didn't actually say like Thor. Thor, yeah, yeah. And I think when they talk about Ant Man, they don't call him Ant Man or even Scott. Incredible Lane. shrinking something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wonder why they do that. I've no, I've definitely noticed it in other Marvel movies too. And, and it may be a legality type issue, which is weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that would. I, I don't know story-wise why they would do it necessarily, but now that I'm thinking about it, like now it's going to stand out a lot more next time <laughs> when I watch one of the movies. Sorry? That's all you're going <laughs> to hear next thing. time. Not a bad I like, thing. I like shattered your your worlds. <laughs> no, it's just something interesting to to 
look for and and see if it's true. Yeah. Yeah, and it might be only like a couple here and there that they will actually say a name. Like I said, like in this one, they said Captain America, you know, but it's just, but all of the other Avengers that they mentioned, nope, no such like names, specific names. Interesting. Anyways, back to Black Widow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's talk Black Widow. You know, I, I I have heard a lot of people almost immediately dismissed this film mm-hmm. because they heard people say that this was going to be Marvel's me too movie or, wait, you know, wait. yeah, yeah. Oh. Or, you know, this is, this is just going to be black widow. Women can't carry a superhero movie. And, you know, we've obviously seen that's not the case with, with wonder woman and, for whatever reason, I've heard this was just going to be a complete, complete crap fest. I'm going to say right out of the gate, I was loving this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the action just gets you going almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, I, I watched it with my 16 year old daughter. She surprisingly didn't enjoy the movie. Oh, really? She got up and she's like, you know what? I'm going to bed, whatever. But I talked to her this morning and she said, you know what? There was just, there was too much action, not enough story for me. Oh, (laughs) and she wanted, she wanted more, more character driven uh, narrative. Whereas for me, it's like, okay, we've got an action scene. Let's move to the next action scene, which is kind of what the movie does. You know, you get get an action sequence for, for 10 minutes, you get uh, five minutes of them changing locations, and then you get another 10 or 15 minute action sequence. And, and that's really what the movie was. And I thought towards the end, it kind of slowed down a little bit, which was surprising because that's usually when it ramps up. But I thought that they really did a good job of just hooking hooking the viewer right at the beginning, you know, with the Russian spies sitting in middle of middle of nowhere America. Uh, I think they were where Ohio Ohio, and, and the government gets, gets wise to them. And so they, they've got to escape and you know, you've got, that wasn't just any government though. Did you see who that was rolling up on them when they were trying to escape in the plane? That was shield. Yeah. I was going to say it was shield. Yeah. I thought I saw that it was shield, Mm -hmm. but you know, you've, it just, just right off the bat, you've got, you're invested in this movie because you've got these two little girls fleeing from the government with these two people who you assume are spies. You just mm-hmm. kind of start putting two and two together. At least I did. And yeah, it just, it just had me going right there from the beginning. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I I do think that it does move quickly from action sequence to action sequence. And I I can see feeling like there wasn't enough story. I, I don't know that I agree with that, but I can see where where that impression might be there. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I, I just watched um, The Tomorrow War, which also really relies on the action to move the move to keep the movie moving and going along, but the story parts in between just really suck. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. It's so bad. 
Uh, I mean, uh, it's just, yeah, it falls flat in every way. And I, and I hate to say that cause I love Chris Pratt. I love JK Simmons, but whew, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't <laughs> for the acting sequences, but, but black widow does a lot of the same thing, but it works. And I think a big reason why it works is because of the people that are involved in the movie, mainly the, the relationship between Florence Pugh's character. So Yelena and uh, Natasha is fantastic. But then when they get yes. their dad and Alexi's involved, like those three together, I just want to watch them in movies together <laughs> forever. Like, oh, my goodness. So good. Yes. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I feel like I feel like we definitely got to see this other side of Natasha Romanoff. You know, we that we hadn't previously seen. And so it was it was definitely nice to kind of get a glimpse into some of her her past. You know, we we definitely did not get I mean, yes, we know like a few things that happened to her when she was being raised in the Red Room as an assassin, pretty much like we've gotten like little things here and there, but they really skip over it. You know, it's we all all we just know is that like it was awful and terrible and they were pretty much brainwashed and highly, highly trained, you know, because they're basically weapons, you know, but even despite all of that, you know, it was just really cool to see how Natasha was able to basically get away from all of that and Mm -hmm. make her own life. And that's why she joined the Avengers, you know, and she even had to prove to them that she was on their side, you know, and, and that she wanted to get away from that life that she had previously. And so it was, it was definitely cool to kind of see a little bit more of that as well as her relationship with her, um, well, her sister, essentially. I mean, I know they're not actually related. None of them are actually related, but they still had that family connection, even if it was short lived. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was definitely endearing. I, I definitely liked that. And there's a lot of people that are going around like saying that basically Yelena and Alexi, their characters stole the show. Yeah. And I, oh, I agree yeah. a little bit, but not to the point where it's like all about them. Like, I'm not trying to say like, Oh yeah, they, it was all about them. Cause like, I still feel like Scarlett Johansson and her character, black widow, like I still feel like it was her show and she re- did yep. a really good job with it. But these two other characters were such a great um, addition. They were definitely really good supporting characters. And even um, what's the, what was the mom's name again? Melina. Melina or um, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just so bad with names all of a sudden, but I, well, for one thing, I, okay. I side note, I love Rachel Weiss ever since I saw the mummy movies. Okay. So much, like so, so much. So whenever I see her in anything, all I can think of, is Evie the librarian? <laughs> but anyways, she—I actually really ended up liking her character a lot too in this movie. Like when they first meet up with her on the on her little pig farm in Russia, uh-huh. I you know you were you were definitely like suspicious of her. And as soon as she tells Natasha, she's like, "Um, I already alerted the Red Room; they're on their way." And then it cuts to a different scene. And so you're like, what happens? What's going to happen? And so like that, I thought that was actually a really cool surprise that we got to see later on where they switched places. Yeah. Did that little switcheroo. And so it, it just like, I felt like that was such a redeeming quality for Melina for sure. Yeah. I, I really, I, I do think that, that David Harbour and Florence Pugh are probably highlights in the film 
Yeah. I think Scarlett Johansson still shines and this is definitely her movie. So I don't think they, Oh yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with what you were saying, uh, Marley, that they don't steal the show from her, but they definitely add a lot of spice and flavor to it. And I love the way that they reintroduce this family back together. You know, it's <laughs> Natasha finding uh, Yelena first and you kind of see them kind of reconnect and rebond. And I mean, the moment that she's like, why, why do you always do that thing? You know, with your, with your arm out and you, and she like gets kind of down on the pose and like doing this <laughs> with her hair. Like, why do you do that? And, and she's like, you're just such a poser. And like, those that. are the moments. And when they talk about the vest and all of that, so they're kind of reconnecting and the way they do that. And then they bring the dad in and they kind of all reconnect. And then they go to the pig farm and it just, if they had done it all at once and they all kind of came together at once, I don't think it would have worked as well, but bringing them in, uh, one at a time, I think really worked well in the story Yeah, uh, and kind of getting each of them an opportunity to shine uh, and their characters to shine. Like I loved his interactions as he's doing the arm wrestling and talking about, you know, his fight with captain America. And the one guy comes over, he's like, captain America, when was this? Cause captain America was still frozen at that point. And then he just like breaks his wrist. Like not, I mean, it's like Harry Potter broken after they like try to heal it in the second Harry Potter movie. And it's just like all floppy. Yeah. It was like that. Yeah, um, that was pretty nasty, by the way. Yeah, it was. And that bad. was a bit, and that was a big dude too. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's and, and he thought he could take him, but he couldn't. But that was hilarious, though. Yeah, and and so kind of seeing each of these characters and and allowing them to kind of have that moment uh, where you get to see who they are now compared to who they were were at the very beginning, I think was a great way to do it. And I did love the pig farm. I love when the pig comes in. And she's like, good job, Alexi. And he's like, wait, you named a pig <laughs> for me? She's like, don't you see the resemblance? <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, she makes the pig stop breathing. And that was definitely that not was fun not to okay. watch. Yeah, no, that yeah. was yeah. okay. That was pretty awesome. Now, you mentioned how uh, Yelena refers to Natasha being a poser. Yes. And mm-hmm. then she does the pose towards the end. <laughs> she yep. tries it out. <laughs> And I just laughed when I saw that. She like shudders. Disgusting. I thought that was just hilarious. Well, and even her teasing Natasha like that. And then of course them talking about like the, like what you were saying with like the vest and stuff like that is very much like a sisterly thing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, is to tease each other and also appreciate fashion choices. (laughs) It's very, very much a sister thing. And so that was also really great. Yeah. You bought a vest? That's stupid. But you're really <laughs> close with the pocket. Yeah, it is a really cool vest. Yeah, it was just cool. It was just a great moment. But yeah, I love the posing thing just because it does run throughout the movie. Because when they go to get Red Guardian 2 and she jumps out and and Natasha does the pose. And she's like, ha, huh, poser. And it's yeah. just good. Yeah. It's just fun. Well, and it's also kind of cool, too, to think that her sister has been watching her. You know, like she's been paying attention to Natasha being an Avenger. You know, she maybe, maybe, you know, at the time she maybe didn't quite agree because she was being brainwashed and all of that. But like, even afterwards, when she was able to get that, um, that drug stuff, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. lose that, um, mind control stuff, you know, I think even then she, she was probably able to like appreciate her sister a little bit more and maybe what she was doing and her and what she's doing with her life, you know? And so I just, that really does show that she 
has been watching and that she cares about her sister. Yeah, but it leads to some moments where you're just like dagger in the heart because she said, you know, I kept thinking that it was going to be, you know, the Avengers coming and shutting down the Red Room. Oh, like, and yeah. it never happened. And you're like, man, that sucks. And and of course, Natasha thought that she had killed the guy in charge of the Red Room and that it was already shut down. She didn't realize that there were people that it was still going that it was still going on. And uh, even all the mind control stuff, because if I if I um, if I'm understanding correctly, that stuff where they were doing more of the mind control on all the different widows that happened after Natasha mm-hmm. left, or maybe it kind right. of happened because Natasha left. Maybe they were like, "Hey, wait a second, we don't want to lose all our widows." Yeah, and so they're like, "We got to find a way to keep them here and keep them with us." Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it definitely like she wasn't drugged the same way that her sister Mm -hmm. was or the other widows. And so, I mean, her sister delivers, I think a lot of the, the really powerful lines, like there's the whole part about, you know, I kept looking for the Avengers to come. Um, and then she also at one point, cause Natasha keeps calling their, their family fake and whatever. And she said, that was the best time of my life. Like that was the best. That was my happiest time. That was the most real time to me. Don't, call it fake because her sister was so much younger. And yeah, I think Natasha knew that they, that it was fake. I think Natasha had already been a little bit of a widow before they had been planted her there. Um, but her sister wasn't and her sister didn't know. And I mean, it, cause her sister was so much younger when they went there. And so it was just really sad <laughs> when she's like, yeah. well, that was the best time of my life. Don't, don't call it fake. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was, that was kind of heartbreaking a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at her and she had to have been, what, maybe six or seven when they were running at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And to have her say, you know, this is the best time of my life. And now I find out it's all and, and I find out it was all a lie. And right. that's that's pretty sad, really. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yep. Well, and even just the rest of the way that she was brought up too. you know, that's. <laughs> Yeah. That's also yeah, not great. That is true. <laughs> and as they're describing that to to Alexi, yeah, it was it was um a little graphic <laughs> and uncomfortable and I think it was intended oh, to be. You know, I I thought I thought that was great to be honest. Like, yeah, it was a little graphic, but at the same time like that's okay. You know, that's it's totally fine to talk about women's reproductive organs. It openly you know what i mean like why not yeah you know so i thought i thought yeah that was a little much but it was also like you know actually at the same time like that's okay because it was very real like because that is what happened to them yes and it it was very appropriate i thought because they were showing him hey this is what you sent us to to have happened to us yeah yep. this is what you this was this was the fate that you gave us yeah that affected us for the whole rest of our lives. Yes. Yes. And they really didn't hold any punches back with that. And I thought that that was appropriate. This, this movie in a lot of ways, I think it was pretty dark. Yeah, it it was, it was very real and it was very dark in a lot of ways. When you start getting into the whole human trafficking element and, and you know, the, the sterilization of, of little girls and, and things like that. I mean, it, it's dark. And even, I don't know if you noticed this at the beginning, but 
during the opening credits, Marvel has been pretty, pretty careful to not show like actual politicians. Mm -hmm. During the opening credits, they showed actual politicians like Mm -hmm. as, as targets or people who were circled and things like that. And, you know, they, it, it kind of gave the impression that, Hey, was this politician was somebody who was involved with this. Uh, this politician is, is a bad guy. You know, it, I thought yeah. that was kind of an interesting statement perhaps. Yeah, it, it rooted it a little bit more in reality. It really did. And, and you mentioned that, that they didn't hold any punches back with, with how they approached some of the stuff. Uh, I was, I was surprised at where they went because black Widow's story in the comics has always been dark and has always been tied to stuff like this. And, and in the comics, obviously, especially pre Disney owning Marvel, the comics can go to some darker places than you're ever going to see on film typically. Oh, yeah. And so it's interesting to see how they would approach it. But even, I mean, literally they didn't hold back punches when she was in the room with, with the, the main bad guy, Dragoff or, or whatever his name yeah, was. Dracoff. Yeah. And, and he's, punching her in the face i mean he is yeah is hitting true. her and when you look at any other marvel movies that we've had before this you haven't seen that kind of violence toward women at all mm-hmm. i mean you have in in captain marvel i think in the opening or not in the opening but as she's sparring with jude law there they hint that he punches her in the face but you don't actually see it in this i mean he is just full-on the, the few times that he hits her it is hard and in the face and it's uh like it was a little jarring to be honest yeah i was very surprised to see that i maybe it's just <laughs> i've watched a lot of violent tv shows and movies but i was i think i was more concentrated on the fact that he kept hitting her in the face and there was no blood yeah like of yeah. course i i understand why that there wasn't any blood but like if it had been a rated R movie, her face would be so much more messed up. Oh yeah. From all of the hits that he took on her. You know what I mean? And and yeah. even when she even when she broke her nose herself, I mean there was like a little bit of blood just like right under her nostrils, but like which is I guess expected, but at the same time, like if you break your nose, isn't it gonna be like gushing? Not necessarily. I don't know. I, I've broken my nose and there was no blood. Oh, you have? Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, but uh, yeah, so. so I guess I was just more concentrating on the fact that I was like, there's no blood. Like, <laughs> is, is yeah. her face made of steel? Like, what the heck? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm kind of with Jake though, that I was just kind of surprised that this is, I mean, technically it's a Disney movie showing a dude beating up a lady in the face with like full on fist punches. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what surprised me. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm fairly desensitized to violence because I grew up watching, you know, Rambo and Schwarzenegger and Stallone and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know how to tell you this. Rambo and Stallone are the same. Well, I know the actor who played Rambo. Yes, but the Rambo movies. Okay. So, I mean, I've, I've, (laughs) I've watched my fair share of over the top violence. And so I, I am fairly desensitized to I don't it. Know that there was a whole lot of violence in over the top. Wasn't that mostly just arm wrestling? Well, I think didn't some dude like break a wrist. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't know that it was overly bloody. I don't know. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen over the top. 
Uh, I have no idea a, what you're talking about. That was not a very good Stallone movie, by the way. No, it was not. It's true. And I think that just goes to show, I think they got the right director for this movie. I think they got the right story for this movie. And I think that uh, they were behind it 100%. And you could tell in the way that they approach most of the stuff. And I think it it lands really well. For me, this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, having seen it now, maybe, and again, and, and I have to preface this every time I say it because I do think that a big part of why I enjoyed it so much is because it was the first time that we saw a Marvel movie in the theater again in a long time. And I think that that made it uh, that much better for me, but I still think I enjoyed the story and I, I think it was still well done. So, so I think like, I really enjoyed this movie and I would definitely recommend it to everyone because it's a really great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think I would be more excited about it and more like in love with it if it had come out in the right time Mm. that it was supposed to come out right in between Civil War and Doctor Strange back in 2016. You know, like it should have come right in between that because that's where it falls in the story. Yeah. And especially because we know what happens in Endgame with with Natasha's character, you know, we know what happens. And so, mm-hmm. yes, like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm happy that we got this movie and that we were finally able to see it. But I just, I just wish we would have gotten it a lot sooner, five years ago. Yeah, at this point, it kind of feels like a side quest. Yeah, but it's still enjoyable. It's still a part of the whole story. It was still really um, fun. And also to see these other characters. And I even read up a little bit on Red Guardian because I was just kind of curious about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you guys know that in some of the comics, Red Guardian and Natasha Romanov were married? Yeah. 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 yeah it was, it was, <laughs> well, and that's, and that's the hard thing with these characters, you know, and I think it's something that MCU does really, that the MCU does really well is they've kind of said, we're taking these ideas from Marvel, from the comics and the, you know, 80 plus years of comics that we've had with Marvel. And we're going to borrow these names and these ideas generally, but we're going to write our own history and things like that. And, and, and that's good because there's a lot of comics that you kind of have to ignore. Well, and it's funny that you bring this all up because there's a very important character that showed up in this movie Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people were disappointed about, including myself I kind of was. Can you guys guess? Can you guys guess who I'm talking about? If it's not Taskmaster, I don't know what you're. I don't know who else it would be. That's exactly yeah. it. That's it's exactly or, it. I think everybody. Taskmaster or the passing mention of Crimson Dynamo, and I didn't think you were a big Crimson Dynamo fan. Yeah, no. It was the Russian version of of Iron Man. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. But, yeah. yeah. Um. No, it's definitely Taskmaster because. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Taskmaster, but I have some friends who have told me a couple of things more about him. And, and it's a he, for one thing. And mm-hmm. he is more of like a mercenary type uh-huh. thing, type deal. And he, his whole thing is that he gets the job done. That's why he's called Taskmasters, because he's like, well, you hired me for a job. I'll get it done. Like, he doesn't even care, like, what it is. He's just like, I do it, you yeah. know? And so... My, my like one complaint, no, well, I guess there's, there was the two because I wish this movie had come out five years before, but I guess Mm -hmm. my second big thing would be 
that I wish they would have done something different with Taskmaster instead of having the big reveal be that it was really Dracov's um, daughter who didn't end up dying after all. Yeah. I, I feel like they totally, I don't know what the right term is, but basically they set it up so that Taskmaster can't really ever show up in the MCU ever again. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a big disappointment because he is an interesting character. And I think that, uh, especially for the earthbound characters like Captain America, like Spider-Man, like Spider-Man. he's a Spider-Man guys, villain. Well, I think he's been more of an Avengers villain than a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. But yes, but you're, but yes, he could, he could go against Spider-Man and now you're right. He, they really can't, bring the character back. I had no problem with the idea that his daughter survived and that he turned her into a killing machine, but then give her a different name and make her a different character. That's not taskmaster because I think people are expecting a certain thing. And I almost feel like it was a really bad, the only bait and switch that I think was worse was Zahner's favorite. And that's the Mandarin in Iron Man three. Yep. (laughs) I I would agree there. I would agree. (laughs) So yeah, I, I feel like it it was kind of a, a crappy bait and switch though. I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Well, let's give this movie a rating and, and wrap this up. I'll package in a bow and tie it up <laughs> nice for Christmas. All right. What would you rate this movie on a scale of one to ten? Zoner, we'll start with you. Well, I gotta be sure to use the right numbering system so that I don't get picked off next week. Ten is high, one is not. Every other rating system. So I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with an eight here. Okay. I don't think it's it's my favorite MCU film, but I liked it. I heard somebody say that it is the second to the worst MCU film, only slightly better than Thor two. Whoa. And what? That again got me questioning all the all the hate for Thor two. Who are who are all these people that you t- <laughs> that you associate with? It was someone on Twitter. Oh well, <laughs> but I will say I liked it a lot better than Captain Marvel, for example. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say I think it is better than Thor two. Oh, tons! It's better. It's better than actually quite a few of the movies. I, I liked it way more than I thought I would. And I like the fact that they've set things up like with uh, Yelena, where we are going to see her again mm-hmm. in the Hawkeye series. I'm assuming yeah, the way that they set her up in the post-credit scene. So I think it's cool that they were able to take this, to take this side side quest, so to speak that, we know how everything ends and how how it really is just kind of there and actually introduce characters that are going to be relevant going forward. I think that they did a great job. And then the action was just very entertaining. David Harbour was awesome. Florence Pugh was awesome. And Scarlett Johansson, I mean, she's always great as Black Widow. Yeah. What about you, Marley? Um, I would also... I would also give it an eight out of 10. I only took the two points off just like I previously mentioned, because I wish it would have come out a few years earlier. And also the whole thing with Taskmaster being a little bit of disappointment, but otherwise, other than that, I thought it was a great movie, really great moments with the characters, really great action. And it's always fun to, to see 
your favorite characters again, even even if they are technically dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it was it was really fun to see Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow again, um, and just see a little bit more of her character's growth. And of course, it was no surprise when she showed up towards the end of the movie with her hair chopped off and short and it was blonde. So, and she was wearing the vest, which at this, at this, like now that I think about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, we've seen her in that vest. Like, Oh, duh. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I just thought like little things like that. Like it was just really fun to see how it all ties together with the rest of the movies. Yeah. Even if it did come out later than all of them. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely a movie I, I would watch over and over again. It was really, it was enjoyable. And the, and the comedic value was definitely there as well, which, which we always love. We always love a good amount of comedic elements in our Marvel movies. I agree. At least I think yeah. so. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we expect it. And, mm-hmm. and it was nice in this one because I didn't know how they would throw it in with a story like they were trying to tell or what I thought they were going to try to tell. Yeah. This is a solid eight, maybe an 8.5 for me. I, I really, if I take Infinity War and Endgame, and this is what I've said multiple times now, if I take Infinity War and Endgame out of my rankings, because they're, I think, one and two uh, for Marvel movies for me, my top three really are Captain America, Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, and now probably Black Widow. Like, I really enjoyed it that much. And I just think there are so many elements to this film that make it great. I think Scarlett Johansson, like you guys have mentioned, is wonderful as Black Widow. And we really get to see her shine in this, but I really loved Yelena and I really loved Red Guardian and I just want to see more and more of them. Uh, and I'm excited that we probably will get to see a lot more, uh, at least of Yelena. And I think that that's great. I wasn't too disappointed about this not coming out beforehand other than I really wish Disney would have had the guts to make this happen sooner. And I think that's really what it comes down to is this should have been made five or six years ago. And the reason why it wasn't was because they didn't think that people would go see a superhero movie with a female lead. And maybe six years ago, we wouldn't have, I don't know that that's true. So uh, I wish it would have come out sooner for that reason, but overall, I really enjoyed the movie um, 8.5 out of 10 for me. So just one quick thing about that end credit scene. Yes. So I, I remember like, cause obviously I hadn't seen the movie until uh, two days. It had already been out for two days and, as we know with social media and in our last episode, when we talked about spoilers, I I saw some stuff. I definitely saw some things and I tried not to like read into it too much, but I did, I did know, like I did see a post about like, Hey, here's an explanation about that end credit scene. If you're confused at all. And I was just like fully expecting something to be like really weird. And, you know, and, and then when I saw the end credit scene, I was like, What needs to be explained? What was confusing about that? And then I realized, I realized that there's people out there who haven't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, which doesn't make sense to me because like, (laughs) just because it's just because, (laughs) just because it's like a TV show and it's not like a movie, you know, it's not one of the Marvel movies doesn't mean it's not important to the whole rest of the whole story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I'm just, I, 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 not, I guess I know I'm a little bit of a Marvel snob when it comes to that, because like you need, you need to watch all of it. It's all there for a reason, you know, because it's all ties together and sure there's some shows and TV um, and the TV stuff that is better than others. I recognize that. And it's 
you know, you have your opinions and all of that. But at the same time, it's all important to the story and there's characters that show up. So I think people who were confused by that end credit scene didn't know who Valentina was because yeah. of because they hadn't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier. I guarantee that's why. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say this about the end credit scene. I mean, it's pretty clear that uh, we're not getting Natasha back. Like this was it. This yeah. was her last ride. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. Which is great. I think this was a great way for her to go out. And I I wish we had more of her character just because I think she's great. And especially after seeing this movie. But it is what it is. And it's nice to see somebody actually dead in the Marvel Universe for once. I mean, that's kind of... I don't know. Like, if Tony Stark comes back, we riot. Like, that's all I have to say. And he's got to stay dead. I, I agree. I, I agree. Because, yeah, the other people that people that died was vision yeah. and loki yeah and so it's and we've gotten both of them back essentially so well now we've got i don't know how many loki's like just an <laughs> amount of loki's all the loki's all the loki's let's just wait and see if uncle ben stays dead if as long okay. as uncle ben stays dead we know that all is oh. good. that's that's the cardinal rule oh my gosh it, it's true when <laughs> if, if if you've been a longtime fan of Marvel, you know that the two big rules were Bucky could never come back and Uncle Ben could never come back. And then Ed Brubaker, who was writing Captain America, broke the Bucky rule and brought him back. And that's where we got Winter Soldier from. But they've been sticking to their guns with Uncle Ben. He's yeah. never come back. And if he ever comes back, it it would just be weird. <laughs> Well, you know, it's end of days at that point. Yeah. But I will say Brubaker did an amazing job. That's a That's a fantastic run. Who we got with, with Winter Soldier and what happened after that was all really great. And yeah, definitely. I, I'm all for it. But I don't know that you can do that with Uncle Ben's character. He's not going to come back as some cool assassin. <laughs> Ooh, but what if he did? The only way he'd come back is if they decide to do another rendition of like the spider-man story because we already we've already seen uncle ben die like we don't need to yeah. see it again and so when they brought on tom holland's version and they were like already like yeah he, they uncle like ben briefly at that point. yeah like they'd already like they very briefly mentioned it and it was like okay good like yeah. i'm sorry like that sucks for aunt may but at the same time that's okay. Yeah. We don't need another Uncle Ben dying. Yeah, in Spider Man, we've seen. We don't enough. need more origin stories rehashed. No. Well, if you like our stuff, you can find us on social <laughs> media everywhere. Uh, we are at Stolen Droids on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the places. So go find us there and follow us. Uh, give us your feedback. Let let us know what you thought about Black Widow. Send us your guesses on where in the world is Colin San Diego since we haven't seen him, and I don't Who? know. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know where he is, so we want to hear your guesses where you think Colin has gone, and then we'll have some fun with that. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.